Hour number two of Overtime, Fan Run Radio. Jake Miller, Davis Rangy, producer Matthew. Man, ESPN must be really struggling for those guys behind the scenes. <laughs> Keys to the game. Make shots. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Captain Obvious. Hey, hey, run up the floor. Rebound. Pass. Play defense. I mean, uh, that's that's absolutely just terrible, man. Duke with the gray jerseys tonight. That's. I mean, that's an that's that is. Oh ESPN. goodness, Coach K is rolling over in his grave, He's pulling there. him out against two and twelve in conference Notre Dame. Did you see though, Coach K is there today. First game at Cameron Indoor since retiring last season. Uh, I mean, do you blame him? Just why like, would he want to go watch this trash? Roy Williams was at. Uh, he goes to every single game, man. Like, why even retire if you're going to go to every single game? Loves the university. Yeah, that's the only reason I could give. I guess I don't know. Hubert is uh, they're mad at Hubert. I don't blame him. I mean, my thing is that is the epitome of ESPN reporting right there. ESPN reporting keys to the game. Make, make shots. Make your shots. Nah, I thought we just go out here throw the ball to the backboard. Sit here and just yeah. wave our arms up and down. Poor Reese Davis, who hasn't done anything since the national championship. Got him up there with some lady I've never seen in my life with a pink blazer on. Yep. Way she goes, bud. Who is going to score 20-plus in the NBA tonight? How did we do last night, Davis? We went 9-1 and one with uh, me, yeah. you, and uh, Bryson's picks all hitting. And, uh, you know, producer Matthew has to go out on a ledge and pick Darius Garland, who's a fraud. Scored 16, so. Sure. 90% is not bad, though. So, uh, that means I have first pick. Yes, you do. All righty. Right. Let's go with a layup. Joel Embiid. Let's go with another layup. Jason Tatum. Let's go with another another, uh, another layup. Pascal Siakam. I'll take another layup. Giannis. I'll take another layup. Devin Booker. Is it though? Ah, we'll see. He's going back. This is his first few games back. Mm -hmm. I don't think KD's playing tonight. He's not. No. Yeah, I'm just retarded, but sure. Um, gonna go. Go Kawhi twenty plus. All right. Since Bryson's not here, I'll make his pick for him. De'Aaron Fox. As much as this pains me to say, I will go Steph Curry. He's out. Yeah, he's out. Okay, well, don't have to bet on that bum. I'll go Kyle Kuzma, 20-plus. How many more we got? One more. All righty. Uh, hmm. uh, Donovan Mitchell, 20-plus. He's playing tonight? Yep. Wait, no, they're not playing tonight, man. They're not? No. What am I yeah. looking at? You might have been looking at last night. Look at Wednesday. No. Never mind. Mobby. Uh Clay Thompson. Oh yeah, well Embiid also doesn't play tonight, so you might want to pick him. What up. are you doing? He's looking at Wednesday. That's what he's doing, man. Oh, I thought you no, Jake picked Embiid, not you. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, make another pick. Uh Drew Holiday. Holiday of Drew. All right. Yep. <laughs> oh, sorry, Bryson. We're going to lose tonight, buddy. One more, one more, one more. Give me Damian Lillard, 20-plus. I'm just trying to make sure none of your other picks were on. Yeah, you're good on the other ones, yeah. I think. Yeah, King. Yeah, Kings play. Okay. Yep, Kings yeah, good, play. Man. Oh, boy. That's going to do it for our 20-plus. Who's going to win? You know what's crazy is uh, we're still number five in Kimpom, even after this crap. 
Number five, who's above us right now? God bless the advanced analytics. Take a guess at who's uh, one through four. Houston. Uh, one might surprise you. One of these top four might surprise you. Uh, Houston is one, yes. Yeah. Um, Purdue. Purdue. Purdue is four. Okay. Alabama. Alabama is two. Gonzaga. Nope. Arizona. Nope. Clayton. Really? Nope. They're on the West Coast, though, in the Pac-12. UCLA? Yep. Yeah. UCLA is three. So you've got Houston, Bama, UCLA, Purdue, Tennessee, and you've got UConn at six. As bad as they've been playing still. Yep. Five good games, five bad games. St. Mary's at seven. Wow. Called them a few yep. weeks. Called them a few weeks ago. They're pretty good. Yep. Kansas at eight. Texas at nine. Creighton at ten. There you go. And then you've got Baylor at 11, Marquette at 12, Arizona at 13, Virginia at 14, and Gonzaga 15. That rounds out your top 15. I mean. And Arkansas, who's, you know, we all know they're a good team still, even though they had a slow start. They're number 22nd. So that's a team you do not want to sleep on come March. No, I would not want to sleep on Arkansas at all. I mean, you look at this. St. Mary's. I mean, if you get a, a game against St. Mary's, I do not want to play St. Mary's. I do not. I don't. I don't want to play. Absolutely Creighton. not. I, I don't want to play Creighton, man. Creighton, oh, dude, Creighton like, is a good ball club. Creighton's like nine, and they've won like what eight on the last, last nine Creighton, games. Yeah, Creighton started off really good. They were like ranked, I think, like three uh-huh. in the beginning, and then they were unranked, and now they're back, I think, eighteenth in the country. But they're very up and down. But I, that's a team. If I had a game on the line, that's probably one of the last teams I would like to see. Uh, I mean, Do you have one of those teams that you're like a silent fan of, like you're a pseudo fan of, like another college basketball team. Huh. Kind of like I don't, I don't even lie, I kind of like Arizona, but I know yeah. I might get some hate because yeah. Omar Ballo and the middle fingers, but I've always kind of liked Arizona. And Matthew doing the proper thing by turning his mic off before he coughs. I'm not gonna lie, I like some of these smaller schools, like. I do enjoy watching Creighton play. I I I think I think mine's UConn probably, the men's side, not the women's. Yeah. Men's. <laughs> Small school would probably be. Seton Hall. Nah. Which I mean they're technically a mid major now, so I guess small school. Uh, Same areas for me. Yeah. yeah. I mean they're pretty good. That's the thing is like Gonzaga's not really. Eh, New Mexico's pretty good, aren't they? Yeah, I mean yeah, they're a good team, but I think a mid major. I guess you could consider them mid major. Yeah. yeah. But uh, American. That now that's a small conference. Yeah. Joe Lenardi released his uh, latest bracketology today. Ooh. Hit me with it. We are a three seed in Greensboro, matched up against Furman, three fourteen. Who's the, uh, the Purple Paladins? Who's the next? Who's the team above us that we would have to play? Rutgers. Oh God, they love the spread up there, buddy. Rutgers or New Mexico and or Clemson. So that'd be a playing game. New Mexico and Clemson. Just mentioned New Mexico. Clemson is that's a tough eleven seed. Uh-huh. But at least you're not playing a Big Ten team, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like that better than playing Liberty. Yeah, you know, we mentioned yesterday they're the uh they're the third best three point shooting team in the country. And I like that a lot better than whoever had the uh, other one we talked about the other night where it had uh, us in a second round matchup against Miami. Duke. Yeah, Miami was that'd be yeah. terrible. Lenardi has Xavier as the four seed matched up with Miami in the second round. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what's everybody's realistic thoughts right now as far as, like, where Tennessee's going to be seated? I think uh, – And how far can they go? I, 
think the highest you can get at this point is a two. The highest you can get is a two seed. The lowest you can go is a five. Yeah, I mean, if you if you win out every single game, which is how many we have six games left. Six regular season plus the tournament. Yeah. So if you win out the six regular season and you win the SEC championship, you're a two seed. The furthest you can down, I, I don't know, man. They might they could fall to a sixty if they just lose That's, six seven straight. I was gonna say, let me ask you all this: If Tennessee were to go. Well, we got six games left. Yeah. Six. Two and four in the final stretch. I think they, four seed. And they won't oh, get I was thinking like five or six at that yeah. point. What man. happens if we get bounced out in the, like, the first round of the SEC championship, too? That, mm. I mean, that matters. If we get uh, definitely a five seed then at that point. but Y'all know there's a chance that we might actually have to play like in one of the early days. Yep. Yeah. I don't know, man. If we get that five seed, let me see who uh, – already has in the five seed in this bracket. Um, playing number 12, Southern Miss, Brett Favre. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea about Southern Miss, but. Oh, man, Brett Favre. That's a name I didn't think I'd hear today. Yep. Jordan hitting us with more stats. Furman is sixth in the country. At the rim three rate with 88% of their shots coming from that area of the floor. Six in the country and threes attempted. Hmm. They average 27.9 a game. Of course 21 and six in first place in the SOCON right now. <laughs> that's, that's what you love to see. So who do we, see, you, them are Wofford, man. Here you go. Four players that play 20-plus minutes, and they're shooting 35%-plus from three. Yeah, it was Foman, you said? Yes. What's That's a, a nightmare. Yeah, I don't – man, I don't know who I want to play. Maybe like uh, – When you slip like this, I mean, you're going to – you have the threat of getting bounced out in the yeah. very first round. I mean, it's like playing uh, – who's it, like a – Oh, you're talking about Sister Jean? Yeah, like Ooh. a little Chicago. Yeah. They have Texas as a two seed playing Drew Pember the first round. Uh, I don't want to see that guy. UNC Asheville? <laughs> oh, no. Uh-oh. No, I do not want to nope. see that guy. Two fifteen in the Denver region, hmm. and then uh, yeah, Texas A and M is a ten seed somehow. How he, dude? He hates Texas A and M. They all do. They he, got robbed last year. And, the, and this is him trending A and M up. So they were even lower than this before. He hates them. They were in the play-in game before that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he yeah. absolutely. I, I don't know what is, what Joe Lenardi has against Texas A and M. They got robbed last year, and if he affects them not getting in this year, I, I don't know what to say. Oh, about they very this well guy. should have got in last year. They would have run them up in the SEC. They won the NIT, correct? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that proved everything. But they is a uh, Arkansas as a nine seed, playing Oklahoma State as an eight, and then matching up with Purdue in the second round. Arkansas and Purdue. Ooh, that might a, be an upset brewing. Yeah, that might be a. I don't think Arkansas finishes a nine, though. I don't think they I think do they're either. going a little run here. It'll be like that year that Iowa had Garza and they didn't get out of what, the second round? Yeah. Yeah, it's what, like a they two lost seed? lost to us. Yeah. No, we were two. They were a what at that time? Seven. I thought we seven. Were a, I thought we were a three. No. What do I, I think we were a three? We were a three the year before. Uh-huh. Yeah. Loyola. Yeah. yeah. I was talking about Garza's last year. Oh, because oh. Oh, well, Garza played us with Grand Admiral. Yeah. That was like his freshman or sophomore year. And then he was there another year as well. He was there forever. Um, and they were dominant that year. Like, they were really good. Him, Garza, the white guy with the blonde hair, that was like the most annoying. 
I forgot his name. Bohannon, I think. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Buhannon, Bohannon. Bohannon something, yeah. but uh, yeah, man, this this bracketology is very interesting. Is there, is there any interesting matchups on there that like pop out? You can be like, oh wow, this might be an upset in the first round. Let's see. You gotta give me a second, man. I think I'm trying to do everything on an iPhone. We limiting it to. Uh, what would you consider upset? Four, four, thirteen. Is that? Yeah. Five, twelve is the cutoff. Yeah. The five, cutoff? eleven. Yeah, I would say five, twelve. Six, eleven is more of a. Okay. It those happen quite yeah, a bit. Yeah. Those happen. Yeah. Uh, Seven, ten's happened quite a bit as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking, looking, looking. UConn five, twelve. Uh, that doesn't count though. I, I would Kent State would be an upset. Look out against UConn first round. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of course, this is all hypothetical at this point. I mean, yeah, we won't know until <laughs> I see won't. us as an upset. Furman first round. Yep. Um, huh. Iowa State plays Drake four thirteen matchup. Oh, I can see. Ooh. Kansas State plays UC Santa Barbara. It's a fourteen three matchup. Eastern Washington, didn't they uh, pull a first-round upset a few years ago with yep. the Groves brothers? Yep. Mm-hmm. They were 15-2, matched up with UCLA. I thought they pulled it last year, did they not? I think it was two years ago because the Groves brothers played in Oklahoma last year. Yeah, they transferred. Yeah. So it was two years, yeah. Yeah. God, Mississippi State, or North Carolina's in a play-in game right now to even get in the tournament. Against? Mississippi State. Ooh. They play St. Mary's first round. Ooh. See North Carolina. No, I mean North Carolina, same thing, man. They, yeah. they BS during the regular season, yep. but they're allowed to do that because they made it to the national championship last year. Yep, and they beat Duke twice last year, so that's all they care about. Last two times against Duke, they beat yep. him. Yep, Coach K's last game in Cameron Indoor and his last Final Four. Yep. Yeah. And it just seemed like the fix was in for Cal- or, uh, not Cal- hey. but uh, Coach K to win it all uh-huh. last year. It seemed like the fix was in for that, and nope, here comes Hubert Davis. It felt like the uh, the Peyton Manning, you know, ride out into the sunset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just looking at these regions, man. They have us playing in the Greensboro region, which – Furman's not far from there at all. I know uh-uh. Furman's like – I think it's like an hour away. Furman is a uh, – they're in South Carolina. Yeah, I've been to Furman before. Very boring. Which one am I thinking that's purple in Tennessee? Purple in Tennessee. Yeah. Purple and yellow is Tennessee Tech. No, it's uh, is it is it by, it's by Chattanooga? Is it not? It's also an S. S. You thinking of Sewanee? Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. Sewanee <laughs> yeah. is not D1, man. I didn't. I know they're not, but I was thinking that that's where phone. We are too good of a skill to offer athletic scholarships. Therefore, in 1940, they will receive no more. Furman is a three-hour drive from Greensboro. It's a four-hour, 21-minute drive from here. So, Could be, uh, fill up the tanks, man. Yep, fill up the tanks. What is the Final Four this year? Mm-mm. Dallas, Austin. I don't, I don't even know, man. Where was it last year? Minnesota? We never go, so we don't remember. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember last year. I mean, that's the thing is, like, we never go, so we never remember. 
I think it's because uh, they play in a giant. It was the NFL arena last year. What is the Caesars Superdome? It's in Dallas, AT&T Stadium, Jerry World this year. Last year was at No, C- it's not. I lied. NRG Stadium, Houston. Yeah, because last year was at Caesars Superdome, which oh, that's in New, it's Orleans. In New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you I'm, all hate when they do that? What, playing a big dome? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you look at the National Championship last year, people were basically watching ants run around if you were at the back of the stadium. Well, it's yeah. like the battle at Bristol holding a football game at a NASCAR track. Yeah. Yeah, the idea is cool, but you're not going to be able to see anything unless you're right there. Yep. I'd, rather, I'd rather have it like. <laughs> we had great seats, according to SeatGeek. And then we get there, like maybe row twenty, maybe maybe thirty at most off the track. Well, and you got to think if you're at a NASCAR race, that is like the best seat. Is a house. good seat. Guys, yeah. we're really close to the track, but you got to think the field is inside the track. Mm-hmm. And there's literally on the first play, I remember a guy was next to us got his out his binoculars, like he couldn't see. Well, I mean, and the, that brings me to my next point is like when I'm at a NASCAR race, uh, the best seats I probably had when I was at Bristol, I got them the year they had the all-star race up there and it was right at the start finish line 17 rows up i couldn't see anybody walking around in the infield that was and that was when i was actually wearing my contacts not like right now when i'm going out of here driving at night with no glasses or contacts that whole experience just blew my mind man playing in the uh at the last great Coliseum. I don't even know. It was just it play. It didn't even seem real. It didn't seem like a real game. Fake day. Yeah, literally. Yep. Here you go, man. This was my view. See how far it is from the field, even though it's not a bad seat. Uh, that's a great seat for a NASCAR race. Yep. That is not a great seat for a football game. When well, you got to think too. Look at how far you are away from the field. I mean. And you're pretty far away from the track. I mean, look at these people in the corner with the white shirts. They're like... Oh, there's no way they saw anything. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching it because I had drilled that weekend. And we were watching it on ESPN. We were having trouble like because the camera guy didn't know where the ball was. Like, even the production crew was having trouble with it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, this is... It's, I don't know. This is a panned out view, which is like way zoomed out, but like you can see how big it is. Like I don't even know how they played, honestly. Uh, before it's pretty we, cool. I'll be very video. distracted. Yeah. Before we go to break, I just want to. I, I hope we all can send our condolences to uh, Michigan State with what happened last night. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're unaware, how many people ended up? Four, right? I think four dead. Like maybe fourteen to fifteen injured. And then the guy tried to shoot himself. Yeah. Did he? I, I thought he did. Or he did shoot himself. Yeah, I think he did. I don't know who it was. It was rumors floating around all on social media of who did it, who it was. They said it was still at large. I don't know the full story, but send my condolences to people that are affected up there. Well, I mean, the, here's the thing. If you if you do something like that and then you try to take your own life, then you know, you're just a coward. Yeah, that's – Yeah, that's – Yeah. Yeah, that's like uh, – Take it uh, – I don't know, man. I don't want to say taking the easy way out, but... It, you are. Yeah. You are. Yeah. You don't have to face any consequences that way? Nope. I mean, they were saying last night, there's some uh, Twitter video going out. These girls were, like, freaking out, and they said, like, literally the, uh, they're in, like, the cafeteria or something, and the lunch ladies were trying to yep. barricade the door. Yep. That's a... It's pretty sad. Pretty crazy. I mean, it, it could happen at UT, man. Yeah. You never know. You never know. Well, and somebody that does something like that, I mean, they're just a coward. Yeah, plain and simple, coward, man. Selfish and a coward. You're going to ruin a bunch of other people's lives. 
ruin their family's lives, and then you ruin your own family's life. It's cra- you're a selfish coward. It's crazy to think about too, because you walk into Haslam, which is like the most popular building on campus for classes, they have a sign that says like "Stop, Think, React" or something. Yeah, it's like always be prepared. Yeah, yeah, like you know, it, it it's crazy. Someone just walk in tomorrow. Yeah. Well, and I'm gonna tell y'all something too before we go to break that I was told, you know, during my time in the military because we have a guy that was in my unit that was also a campus police officer. And, of course, they tell you to get under a desk and just stay quiet. Do not do that. Get up, grab an object, and run. Yeah, you have a better chance of survival that way than you do just staying put. I would rather run than just stay put and put myself in a line of fire underneath a desk. Where yeah, it's, it's just... like in school they train you to, uh, I don't know, they told us like lock the door and yeah, not say anything. Like, like, get up against the wall. Hell no, nah, I'm breaking a window and man, getting I'm, out of there. I'm getting out of there, man. Like yeah. where our high school is located, I'm getting out of there and running to the houses back behind the high school. Oh, yeah. man. I mean, some kid threatened to shoot the school up when we were in high school. Yep. And we were like legit having talks about this. Yeah. Like, what, 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 are we, what are we supposed to do? Yeah. You know, there was a shooting at my high school? It was. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ugh. On that sad note. On that sad note, transition to something else they made you do in school. Remember the tornado drill? Uh, it's like, was, just I, go out in the hallway and cover your head. I was literally hallway. thinking about that, yeah. <laughs> go in the hallway and just hope. Go in the hallway where there's windows. <laughs> just go in the hallway and just get down on your knees and you put your head to your knees and hope and pray that, hey, maybe the tornado would just come right between us. Just yeah. not touch through this. Yeah, yeah, your, butt, your butt is the only thing protecting you. Your butt just all the way out. Like, what? Are, what is that supposed yeah, to do, man? Tornado's going to look at the walls and say, oh, I can't touch you. I can't touch them. Basically. Well, stay with us. Overtime continues. More Fan Run Radio on the way. You're on Overtime Fan Run Radio and making his weekly appearance, John Dunn of the All Ball Colin Show and All Ball Podcast. John, what is up, man? Hey, Jake. What's up, brother? Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, man. Um, and one of the things that we had talked about, you know, throughout the week, and um, especially this weekend when we were doing the All Ball Podcast, John, was Rick Barnes and how we appreciate what he's done up to this point. But right now, he is looking like a guy that is ready for retirement. And I know you said this, and I've said it. I backed you up on that. And just want to give you your chance to explain to people what you really mean by that and what you're seeing. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and you know, that's exactly verbatim what we all kind of agreed on. You know, up to this point, Rick Barnes has been a godsend to Tennessee men's basketball. I don't think anybody could argue that. Even the people that, <clears throat> excuse me, even the people that thought he was coming in to retire just in the first couple of years there. Can, can look back even now so and say, hey, yeah, he's had some good teams. He's been able to recruit. He's been able to do this, been able to do that. But lately it just seems like he's lost that fire, lost that moxie that he's had throughout his career. If you watch Rick Barnes coach any time, excuse me, any team he's with, 
you just notice he's always got that fire. Everybody, if you've ever played basketball, you, you can tell your coach's cues, right? So when he gets angry, you can tell. My coach, my high school coach, for instance, Aaron Clay, anytime I saw his top lip quivering, I knew he was actually mad, like very mad. So I knew right then to just keep my mouth closed and not do anything. Rick Barnes has a way. He's got this crossbite, underbite that he does when he's upset. I've seen that very little this season. You know, over the past couple of years, it seems like it's just dwindling and dwindling like a, like a candle, if you will, kind of just shrinking in size as the years go on. And yeah, I want to see some fire from Rick Barnes. I think that is what's missing from this team. You know, everybody looks, hey, this team doesn't look like they want to win. They look desperate at times, blah, blah, blah. As the coach, you're going to have to impart that. You're going to have to project that attitude onto your team. And I've seen Rick Barnes sitting a lot this year. I realize the man's getting up there in age. I'm not trying to say he needs to be doing cartwheels on the sidelines by any means. But the man needs to be out there yelling. He needs to be in somebody's chops constantly. I mean, there's plenty of there's plenty of negatives to, to harp on, you know. Um, I would like to see him getting on guys more. I'd like to see him just being animated. Just Like I said, I know he's an older gentleman now, and I can respect that wholeheartedly, but to the best of his ability, I want to see him animated on that sideline. And Tennessee needs that now more than ever. I mean, it's going to be a tough week. I think, uh, yeah, that's a great point. I think the most fire I've really seen out of him this year maybe was Saturday when Ziegler fouled out on that stupid foul. I mean, yep. He was on his ass, but like that's something that Ziegler knew was stupid. Like he went straight to the bench and was pissed, obviously. But like you said, man, I just haven't like even during the games, I haven't seen him getting on his team trying to fire him up. And you know, we see in the post game press conferences, he usually he most of the time throws his own players under the bus. It's never really I'm taking responsibility. That was on me, guys. Like I don't know. I'd I'd agree, but I just I would really like to see it, especially at March. It's I don't know if I've really seen it. I didn't really see a ton during the Michigan game last year, did you? No, I, and you know, I've, I don't know if he's holding it all in and saving it up for March or what the deal is. I, maybe that's what the team is doing. Uh, but, man, it's you know, it's February 14th. It's There's not much time left. Now you've got number one, who would have thought, Alabama tomorrow, and then you go to Kentucky Saturday. So, I mean – it's not like it gets any easier from here. In fact, it gets more difficult. You get into March, anything can happen. We've seen it happen. You know, Loyola, Chicago, et cetera, et cetera. It goes on and on. So now's the time. If he's got that fire left in him and this isn't, you know, he's not in the home stretch or what have you, show it. Show a little bit of fire. That will animate this team. You see Josh Heupel getting up on the sidelines all the time. What does that do for Neyland Stadium? Gets them pumped up. You see Tony Vitello doing all kinds of things, chest bumping umps and everything else. That fires that place up, too. Lindsey Nelson, get that place fired, plumb up. I want to see the same from Rick Barnes. TBA would feed into that. They did with Bruce Pearl when he was here. Bruce Pearl's energy was matched by the Thompson Bowling Arena crowd, and I want to see that from Rick Barnes. Absolutely. And, you know, we alluded to this on uh, on Sunday as well, John. Um, you know, people keep saying in regards to the seats down on the court, courtside seats, where we've got the donors sitting, they're bringing their dogs, they're bringing the dog bed, and – People are saying, oh, well, those people have supported this program longer than you've been alive. Um, and, John, it's um, I still remember this very vividly. The Campbell game in, I think, 2003 or 2004, there were only about 970 people in attendance for that game. That argument to me is invalid. People ask, oh, well, do you want to go back to the curtains of shame? Do you want to do that? Well, no, we don't want to do that, but that's never going to happen again. Well, do you want to go back to the Donnie Tindall years? Like, well, first of all, it was one year Donnie Tindall ended up going on to become the G League coach of the year and take a JUCO team in Florida to a championship. And, you know, the one thing that just aggravates me is 
you know, nobody's really in this mindset of he has to go now. Some people are. But at the same time, it's like we've got an established program now. If Rick Barnes were to retire after this year, I don't think he will. But you can go get somebody this year. You've got an established program. You've got some good guys coming in. J.P. Estrella is going to highlight that class. That's going to be awesome to see him come in here and play. You've got talent here, and you got talent coming in. You can go get whoever you wanted right now. I know Nate Oates just got an extension. Write the check, man, if he does retire. Yeah, you know we talked about this a little bit, man. I do not think he retires this year. I think he's got another two or three in him, uh, you know, at minimum. But this is where I disagree. I don't think Nate Oates would come to Tennessee. I don't think that guy's leaving. I don't think he's leaving for anything at all. Um, if I was handpicking someone right now, I would want a young coach that has a familiarity with the program. I would go after Kim English. I don't think it would be hard to get him back. I think his you know, familiarity with the program, he's great with players. Um, I mean, he's a great recruiter. I mean, we, we saw a couple. I think one at least followed him uh, when, when he took the job there. At, uh, I believe it was George Mason. So, uh, I mean, that would be a great coach right there, just out of the gate. But right now, I'm not of the mindset that Rick Barnes needs to go now. I would love to see him for another three, you know, three years minimum uh, and continue to further establish this program, maybe make the deepest run that Tennessee's ever made in the postseason uh, and, and further establish the program and then set it up really well for the next guy. Uh, but that being said, touching on what you said there about the donors and things, I think there's a lot more to supporting a program than putting money into it. Uh, you can look, you know, I like to draw the analogy here. You know, you've got you've got a dad that pays child support that doesn't see his child ever. Is that support? No, I mean, that's monetary support, but that's not full support. Support to me means showing up, showing out regardless. You know, you were talking about 900-some fans in the, in the stands there. That's, you know, that's 900 people compared to what's it holding out. You know, how many show up now? It's consistently one of the top uh, venues for, for crowd attendance. So, um, it, it's certainly been on an uptick. People want to see a better product on the floor. It's easier to support a winning product, but don't sit there and claim that you've been supporting since, you know, the team was winning nine, ten games a year. You know, uh, that's just that, that argument's not going to fly because of the instances like you said, Jake. So, I mean, there's a lot more to support than than sitting there on your on your bum when Tennessee's, you know, up three points in a conference championship game with your dog in your lap. Now, I'm not harping on that one lady in particular. But I'm just, you know, that's a great example of, of you know, what she's probably become. become one of the most hated Tennessee fans in the city of Knoxville. <laughs> she gets harped on more than anybody just because they showed her on TV. And it's just because, that, and again, if 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 she does happen to come across this, the audio of this or anything like that, I am not specifically highlighting her by any means. It's just a great visual aid of what it's become. And you know, I've, I've highlighted. I want to see some fire from Rick Barnes. I want to hear the top blow-off of TBA soon. We see it in spurts. We saw it in spurts the other night. That needs to be a constant factor. You know how hard it is to play in an environment like that? It's impossible nearly. So the crowd doesn't understand how they can actually affect things when they're up off their rump and actually cheering the team on. So I agree 100%. And, you know, we go back to, you know, supporting the team and not just making a monetary donation because, of course, Thompson Bowling used to hold 24,000 seats. And then they took out an entire, basically the entire court side and 300 level out and put it in the luxury boxes, dropped it down to 21. It's like, okay, well, we did that for you. Like, what are we doing now? It's like, you want to take up the entire lower bowl? Like, I don't, listen, John, my favorite seats in the house at TBA are in the 200 level, Those that first row, when you got nobody in front of you 
and you don't have to worry about anything. There's only three rows in the entire section, easy to get in, easy to get out. That would be the section I want to sit in. Yeah, it's perfect. It truly is. And a lot of people hate when I'm in the front row, like the section you're talking about, nobody in front of you because I'm you know, kind of tall. So I do block uh, some people out and everything like that. But those are great seats, man. Honestly, I, I don't have a problem with any seat in the house, even the nosebleed. Uh, Thompson Bowling is a, is a special place. You know, I've caught many, many, many Lady Balls games there, many, many Tennessee men's games there, and it's a, it's a special place, man. It truly is. And a lot of people don't realize the history that's actually in that in that arena. So, um, you know, it's, it's a great venue. It's arguably one of the most underrated venues in college basketball, in my opinion, on the men's side of things and women's side of things. Most, most of the time, women in women's basketball, they know, you know, you're coming to Tennessee, it's got a history in women's basketball. But I think it's very underrated for the men's side of things, too. And obviously, <clears throat> Tennessee – you know, plays extremely well uh, at home. And, uh, you know, it's honestly given me a little bit of confidence for tomorrow's game against Alabama. I have not, you know, you heard me talk Sunday that I thought this would be a blowout. But honestly, I think it's either going to be a blowout or a slim win for Tennessee. I don't think there's a happy medium. I don't think it's a slim loss for Tennessee. If they lose, it's going to be by 20, in my opinion. See, and that's kind of the mindset that we're in as well because yeah. the line has just opened up Tennessee a two-and-a-half point favorite in that game tomorrow. The over-under at 143 and a half. Uh, shout out to Tyler for sending me that. Um, what do you make of that? Because, I mean, the line was so far off this past Saturday, having Missouri as a 13-point underdog. And my instant response was, we'll take Missouri to cover. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's like you could take the Alabama money line. I feel like the safer bet, you know, kind of like you said, it's like we're either going to get blown out by 20 or we narrowly win. So I still feel like in that situation, you almost want Alabama to take them to cover against the two-and-a-half. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's either way, honestly. But uh, the uh, the over-under, I guess, is predicated on – I think a lot of people are anticipating Rick Barnes going with a small ball lineup again because yeah. of the offensive success that they had. Um, you know, honestly, I don't know. I think they're going to try to find some hybrid tomorrow because that's kind of how Alabama is. They've got a good mixture of both size and speed. They're a fantastic team. I mean, the ranking speaks for itself. But – Again, man, college basketball is crazy. We saw Texas go down, I believe it was last night, maybe the night before. It seems like a team that's ranked either second or sixth in the country loses to an underdog every game this season. It's crazy. But college basketball is insane this year, and I don't see why Tennessee couldn't win tomorrow. If Tennessee that played against Texas, Kansas, even Arizona, even if that Tennessee team shows up, it could be a great game for Tennessee tomorrow. It could be, and you know I've said this for a couple months now, the Tennessee Alabama football game was by far the game of the year in the SEC. It could be the same in basketball tomorrow. We'll see what we'll see what happens. It's going to be a it's either going to be a slim, a slim win for Tennessee or Alabama just absolutely blows the doors off TBA. Good stuff, John. Tell us where to find everything, guys. As always, we've actually updated the website a little bit. You can listen to the podcast straight on there right now. We've had a little bit of difficulty with this last one. So there's some kind of connectivity issue. I am not a wise man when it comes to technology, so I'm still learning all this stuff. We're trying to get it pumped out as as consistently as possible it's coming i promise we'll probably do one after the alabama game uh, to, to make up for this week's podcast but you can find that on allballcallinshow.com you can find all of our stuff the easiest way to find everything is facebook uh, just search up all ball call and show in your search bar there and then you can find me uh, on twitter at jxhndunn all smashed together but guys i appreciate y'all having me it's a it's an honor to join you guys every tuesday and it's always fun mixing it up with you boys appreciate it john we'll talk soon Yes, sir. Y'all take it easy. That is John Dunn of the All of All Collin Show making his presence felt on the Big Orange Phillies phone line. Stay with us. Final segment of the show coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. 
Tu... Back on overtime, fan run radio, and back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines we go. Roger is next. What do you say, Roger? Oh, uh, no, a whole lot, Jake. I'm doing good. I'm fine. Uh, how, how, how y'all doing tonight? tonight? Doing good, Roger. Well, good. Um, Matthew and uh, <coughs> um, Matthew, and guy uh, too. Uh, I, I don't know you got Matthew. Who, who else is in, 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 you have in there, too, besides Matthew? Got uh, Davis Jake? with me, Rog. I got Davis with me. Okay. Hey, Davis. Hey, buddy. How you doing, not, not Davis? Good, Roger. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing, doing good. Doing good. Doing good. Thanks. Um, I want to ask you, I'll ask you first. Jacob, I want to ask you, Jacob, about um, um, you talked about that guy, and, and you said Tennessee's favorite about two points. Um, I'm just curious about that. How is Tennessee – no, I remember it's number one country, the best in the country. How is Tennessee ranked? I, I, I Tennessee, is it because Tennessee at home is that why Tennessee ranked too? Because uh, uh, I mean, not ranked, but I mean, favorite because uh, because Tennessee is at home. That why maybe? Well, Rog, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Tennessee is the home team. That's taken into account a lot of yeah. times, especially in football. I know in football, you essentially get yeah. favor, or you essentially get a three point handicap for being the home team in that situation. So. Let's say, yeah. like, for example, I think LSU was actually favored against us down in Baton Rouge, and, of course, Tennessee just goes on there and blows the doors off of that. Um, yeah. But I think it has a lot to do with it, Roger, because it is, it is really hard to win on the road in college basketball, yeah. especially this year. Oh, yeah. So I think that plays a lot into it, but I'm not going to read a lot into it either. You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah. Um, is it, is it, I was going to ask you about, about it. Is it a good thing? Roger, I'll be honest. I think favorite, favorite. I think it's terrible because I, yeah. we're gonna okay. they're gonna check her Thompson Mullen Arena tonight, or tomorrow night, and then Alabama's gonna see that they're the underdog in this game. So now they can play that card, like Davis said earlier. And Roger, I I don't know, buddy. It just feels like a recipe yeah. for disaster. Uh, yeah, I, I hope not. I hope, I hope you're wrong, man. In a good way, I'm saying a good way. No, I know what you mean, uh, buddy. I hope I'm wrong too. I, yeah. I just, I, yeah. I hate when I'm right on stuff like this, Rod. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, just want to ask you, ask you, Davis and uh, Matthew about um uh, the game tomorrow night. I just want to ask you. I know, I know Tennessee's favorite, but uh, I remember it's them one country. I just want to ask you what I know Tennessee can win, but what what what's it the key to Tennessee to win tomorrow? From uh, from the beginning game, compete, not get out. Not get more out quickly. What they have to do early, you think, play in the game, you think? You think. I think, the game, you think. Play I th- the game. I think, Roger, uh, I would like them to start out with a four-guard lineup, go small and try to push the ball and try to get as many opportunities as you can offensively and try – got to start yeah. quick. You know, that's the key. You cannot get down big to this Alabama team because if you do, you're not coming back. Um, this yeah. – like, like you're not playing Missouri tomorrow night. You're not going to be able to claw your way back into a game like that and – I think uh, a big thing tomorrow night is rebounding. Got to be able to rebound the ball. Can't let them get any second or third opportunities. Yeah, oh, you're right with that. Uh, how about you, Dave? Do you think Tennessee can 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 can? I don't get fairness there, Ryan. Dave, do you think Tennessee can can they can compete with them? You think them one night? You think one night? I think uh, I think it depends on the uh, limitation of Brandon Miller. I mean, we talk about all 
all week. Talk about Brandon Miller. I think it comes down to a to a key point of just playing basketball. Don't go out there and yeah. play tight. Just play loose. Just hoop at the end of the day. This is college basketball, man. Let's not act like this is the uh, last game of basketball ever being played. So just go out yeah. there and hoop and have fun with it. I hear you. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, that's key to the too. Is that and also Matthew? Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, Jake. I just want to ask you about. I don't know. A lot of people, a lot of people saying, a lot of people saying the team teams get tired too. The league is tired. So I want to ask you about that. Is if you Rick Bond, how do you how do you change that? I'm like get not get tired. It's tired. You think? Well, Rod, you, you have change, to take into account like for, for the first thing, like you know, the amount of minutes that Zakai Ziegler has been getting. I mean, that's way too many minutes. There's NBA players that don't even play that many minutes in a game, Raj. And then, of course, yeah. you know they're going back home to practice because that's the thing in the NBA. A lot of these guys don't even practice. But in college, I mean, you're required to go to practice. So, I guess when they don't do well, I mean, they're probably getting them in the gym and they're probably making them run, which is making them even more tired. So, when it comes game time, they're just not ready. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's saying uh... – yeah, so I guess what you do now. So I guess what you do, what you do now to give them not to be tired, you know, not to be tired, you know. Now, yeah, I mean, I guess like you just Jake. don't run them as much. I mean, that's the thing is like give yeah. the guys a break. I mean, you do have to have some rest and relaxation in between games. You know, I'm not saying you know yeah. don't practice at all or only hold one practice a week, but I mean, you got to give the guys some rest and relaxation. Just give them a day they can go into the training facility and just relax. I mean, there's a PlayStation in there, there's an Xbox in there. There's TVs yeah. out the wazoo. I mean, I'm pretty sure we got protein shakes, whatever you need. Leg sleeves, yeah. um, hot tubs, yeah. cold tubs, anything you can think of. Just go relax. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. And also, but uh, I'm not about the Super Bowl fast, but uh, would you uh, would you, uh, would you surprise the way the Super Bowl uh, – I know it's kind of a tight game at the end, uh, but would you surprise – would you would you happy and surprised the way uh, the way it t- – the whole Super Bowl went went match. I mean, uh, Jake. Roger, I'll be uh, honest. I um, I didn't really uh, I didn't really care for it too much, Roger, because it's kind of the same situation yeah. as last year. You know, the refs let them play all game. They just let them go, let them play football, and then all of a sudden, gets close to the end of the game, and it just seemed like the fix was in. It's like they predetermined who they wanted to win the championship, and then yeah. you just start getting bad calls here, bad calls there, and. That's what frustrates me is they wait until the end of the game to start calling these, you know, holding calls, pass interference, whatever it may be. They wait until the end of the game to do that, and that really upset me. Oh, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. And also, uh, real quick, about the call at the end, Jake and Matthew, I forget y'all about this. Uh, about this. At, the end, at the end of the game, I thought I that call, that if we call a hold, you think it's a good call or a bad call that, that happened. I thought that everybody's saying that Bad call. I heard uh, they could, you call back call that had to happen, Matthew and Jake and uh, on on that on that at the end. I thought Roger, I thought it was um, I thought it yeah. was really ticky tacky because you can call holding and Roger, you know this as well. You can call holding yeah. on every single play if you really wanted to. Ball was uncatchable. Wouldn't have mattered either way. That, that was that was my thing with that it. flag. Makes me yeah. like that's that's the reason I don't watch NFL, man. Because at that point, that game feels so scripted, right there to me. That's why I don't watch yeah. the NFL. That's why it's boring to me. It's why it's a snooze fest. Okay, basically. yeah, really, yeah, uh, cause, uh, yeah, because uh, he he he's uh, 
Oh, he's dirty too. So I just wonder if he was caught or not, you know, or not because he because he was so dirty too. So he was buying you know, a lot and, of scrimmage uh, so. too. So I think that plays into a factor as well. Yeah, I mean, and Davis, like uh, you said, he wasn't going to catch that ball even uh, if he hadn't been held. Yeah, wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, I hear you. All right, well, I'll let you time, but that's all I have for tonight. And and y'all y'all have a good night. Okay? Have a good one. All right, have a good one. Appreciate the phone call, Rudge. Love you, buddy. Let's go to TJ, the Kentucky fan. He will be our final caller. What do you say, TJ? Hey, what's up, guys? You know, I'll be quick. I know we're cutting it close. Uh, the other night, the Tennessee game, that was the first one I watched since they played Kentucky a couple weeks ago. I didn't know you, Roche, had his minutes cut down uh, so much. Let me ask you a question. It seems like Kentucky and Tennessee are in this stage of matching up with whoever they play with the bigs or the guards. Do you see Euros getting more minutes against Oscar since, I mean, <clears> through the three times that we've played with Oscar, both guys have gotten double-doubles, and Euros showed out the last time. So you got to expect he's going to get more minutes Saturday, right? Well, I mean, the thing with Euros is he had 19 points, but he only had three rebounds uh, going up against Shibway, and that was the one thing that really just stood out to us. It's like, wow, he had 19 points, but then you look at the rebounds, and it's like, dude, like, what are we doing here? And that was literally Euros' game of his life. Like, he will never play that good again. And Ever. I, I think you got to go different when we go up there to Rupp. I think you got to put either a do or – I know a walk is a little small uh, compared to Sheway, but I think you got to do something different. All right, guys. You all have a good one, man. Good luck tomorrow against Bama. They're tough. Oh. Appreciate the phone call, TJ. <laughs> Wait, they're tough. Yep. Oh, that's, that's a good way of putting uh, it. Uh, they're a good basketball team. Yeah. Dominant, but they are beatable. It's not set up here and act like they're uh, Kentucky from 2014. Uh, whenever they had Anthony Davis, whenever they went 38 0. Yep. Wrapping up, happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there. Whether you're happy or miserable in your relationship, happy Valentine's Day. Yep. Yep. Happy Valentine's Day. If you're happy, Take the wife, the fiance, the girlfriend, whatever. Take her out to eat. And if everything's packed, go buy a steak and go throw that thing on the grill or the air fryer, whatever you want to do with it. And if you're miserable in your relationship, find the nearest watering hole. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yep. Yep. Great, uh giving great relationship advice here listen to us well i mean if you're happy you know treat her do oh. what you do and if you're if miserable you, don't go buy her a 20 piece mcnugget yep get a little wendy's cheeseburger <laughs> whoa, whoa whoa don't hate on wendy's wendy's now. cheeseburger man i had a wendy's cheeseburger sunday night when i got back from the airport man that was uh didn't sit right was it scrumptious not exactly <laughs> which one did you get uh she got a dave's double cheese only oh no dude you got to get the Pretzel bacon pub cheeseburger, dude. It was like eleven thirty at night. I don't. I, I wasn't gonna ask him for a pretzel pub or whatever you <laughs> said. Oh, Guy was absolutely zooted at the window. <laughs> he had no idea where he was. Probably. Well, you probably, probably could have gotten your food and drove off. And you yeah. thought you paid. <laughs> probably. What's the worst fast food? Arby's, Captain D's. Uh, oh, God, uh, if you hate your woman, take her to Captain D's. Yeah, take her to, <laughs> take her to know, Subway. Nah, man. Fine Sabor- dining. Sabaro's. Sabaro. <laughs> Go to Sabaro. 
go to Sbarro in Westtown, just sit there in the food court, have a nice little Valentine's yeah, Day I've meal. I've never seen anyone voluntarily roll up to Captain D's. Oh, I have. I see it every day. Yeah, well, that's all Ole Miss has is Captain D's and Sbarro. Captain D, Sbarro, maybe a Burger King. Long John Silver's. <laughs> Long John Silver's, man. It's just an atomic bomb waiting to go off. <laughs> yep. You know, I can't eat at Long John Silver's. I, 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 lucky, I refuse. L- lucky you. Well, no, like they fry everything in the same oils. They fry the fish, and I'm allergic to fish, so. Ah, yeah. nice. Well, I guess you are you're thanking your stomach that you don't have to go there. I do like some hush puppies, though. If I was held captive like uh, Jesse from Breaking Bad just in a cage under the ground, I someone threw me Long John Silver's, man. I'm starving. Guess I'm starving. <laughs> guess, I, <laughs> guess I'm going hungry. <laughs> Oh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, Davis. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Holding down everything before I got here. Of course. Something else coming up next here on WKGN. Tune in tomorrow morning for 3 and Out right here on Fan Run Radio.